We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi, continuing our conversation about Mid-Cities Care Corps. I just got done with their development director, Allison Wendler. Up next, founder not an organization, an event, let's say, called Silver Sunday. Mike Herlinger in the hot seat, sir. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Nick. Glad to be here. As I mentioned, Allison uh, brought this to my attention, and I really want to talk about just this in general. So tell me about what Silver Sunday is. Silver Sunday has two missions. One is to educate the general public uh, about the our concerns about isolation and, and loneliness in the senior community. And then the second component is kind of an outreach where we can try to involve the community to go out and visit those that might be isolated or lonely. I don't think that this is something that a lot of people even really think about. What was it that got you motivated on the idea of just focusing on isolation, of all the things that relate to seniors, isolation? It does seem, it's not odd, but it's not something that you would, I think, jump to immediately, let's say. Well, um, one of us, a funny story, my grandmother um, passed away when she was 93, and she knew everybody in this small little town where she had spent her whole lifetime. And I would always ask her, say, do you know anybody? Uh, do you know everybody? And she would go, uh, no, I don't know anybody. But then I would go into the radio shack and say, oh, do you know my Catherine Herlinger? And they go, oh, yeah, we know Catherine, because my grandmother and grandfather ran a restaurant there, and so many people dated the car hops, and they all got married to everybody. So... Um, I remember her telling me one time, you know, before she passed away, that she was lonely. And uh, she'd lived a long life. And it wasn't that she didn't have social contacts and stuff, but, but all the people that she, her family, her parents, her siblings, you know, grandparents were all gone. And it was just her. Even the, uh, you know, kids she went to high school with back in the 30s, they were all gone. And so she felt a sense of loneliness. And so that got me thinking about it. We were at a, when I was at a networking meeting, of, of businesses that focus on the senior market. And we were talking about isolation, loneliness, and how um, detrimental an issue it is for the senior population. It causes a lot of problems, health problems, mortality rates go up, um, just all kinds of serious issues associated with isolation and um, loneliness. And I was thinking, well, what can we do as a community to kind of help alleviate that? We can't solve it all, but we can do something and help maybe, if we help one person, we've you know, we've done a good job. So uh, just came up right before the holidays three years ago. And as I mentioned to you before, the, um, my wife was asking me when Black Friday was. And I kept telling her it was the day after Thanksgiving. Well, when's Thanksgiving? And I was at this meeting and we were talking about, um, you know, s s isolation issues with seniors. And a thought came to my head, well, we've got Thanksgiving, we have Black Friday, and we have Cyber Monday. Why not slap a Silver Sunday in the middle and as, you know, Allison mentioned in, the, you know, the previous part of the program, it's perfect timing. Thanksgiving, everybody's thinking about family. They're thinking about all their, you know, all the things that they're thankful for and stuff like that. And after they're done eating their turkey and watching football, there's not much left to do. So we said, let's just, just take an hour out on Sunday and go visit somebody. Go visit your aunt that you never see or, or your crazy uncle or the lady down the street. 
and just, just stop in and say hi. You don't have to do anything, but just recognize them and acknowledge who they are. So that's kind of where the, the genesis of the whole thing started from. And I did it the first year. I did it by myself. So it was a, a project of one person. And then we were able to expand on it. Uh, last year, we went out to my networking community of people, uh, Allison's, you know, Mid-City Care Corps and other companies and stuff like that. And we had um, um, a bunch of people get on board, and it grew exponentially. And this year we're doing even more. This year we have uh, United Way of Tarrant County is, is backing us, and as well as Blue Cross Blue Shield of Texas is supporting us to uh, letting their network of volunteers be aware of, of what we're doing. So just people can take a little bit of time and go out and visit somebody who, who might need a visit. And you can be lonely in the most crowded place. Uh, that's the, the, There's a difference between isolation and loneliness. Isolation are usually, uh, it's called chronic isolation, and it's caused by circumstances, maybe poor health, you can't, mobility issues, um, you're homebound, uh, transportation issues, things like that, lack of uh, social network that you can't engage in and stuff like that. So that's, iso that's isolation. Loneliness is how you perceive your isolation, and it can affect a lot of people different ways. Some people are isolated, not lonely. Some people are lonely and not isolated. So, um, it's, so you have to be aware of both of them, but we're trying to just reach out to those that might be homebound. There's a lot of programs out there that, that do a great job. Uh, Meals on Wheels is a great one. You know, they drop stuff. My mother-in-law is homebound. She doesn't drive. She's in her 90s, and, um, but she likes the lady that delivers her food every week from Meals on Wheels. She get, actually gets upset when it's somebody different <laughs> because that's her contact. Sure. And so uh, we're just trying to reach out to the community, community educate everybody, let them know. This is a real problem. If you're, if you're, most of the, 35% of the adult population today are lonely. And uh, you look at uh, the majority of people that are senior citizens, they're mostly widows, they're women. And they're, they live a lot longer. And most elderly people outlive their ability to drive a car. So transportation in the later years really becomes a huge issue for them. And we just want to give people an opportunity to be aware that these are very serious issues. If they're alone, then don't have a big social network, then maybe they're not taking care of themselves as well as they should. They're not eating. They're not taking their medications correctly. Or they have some kind of, you know, most Americans, when they start getting the upper years, have multiple chronic illnesses, you know, heart disease, um, you name it, diabetes, all different kinds of things, and that can complicate their, you know, their quality of life. And so we just want to make sure that we don't forget about these very important people we wouldn't be here for one for them silver sunday it's a good it's a catchy name it's good did you come up with that i did and it only took me about two minutes i was really just uh, this, proud of myself. The, the lightning bolt of inspiration well, you nailed I'm, it black friday cyber monday silver sunday because of you know if you it's good my head, it's, it fits right in there yeah, you would think does. this has been around for a really long time yeah. i want to talk to you about that first silver sunday that you said you said you thought of this idea and you went out and you just did it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it had a big impact on you because you've decided to really make this something. You're involving other groups. You're involving as many people as possible. What did you do your first Silver Sunday? I went and visited a memory care um, community in my, in my town. And uh, I did it all the wrong way. I just walked in. But um, the nursing staff was very kind. And they let me go back. And you have to be very careful of situations like that because they're HIPAA laws and stuff. So you can't share a whole lot of information, but I met some really interesting people. Uh, I met one lady who had just recently fallen and broken a hip, and so she was watching football, so we watched a little bit of football. 
while I was there and went and met another lady that had family all around her that lived in town, but nobody came and visited her anymore, and she'd been there a couple of years. Um, and then there was another gentleman that was really interesting that um, he'd lived there for probably 15 years, which is really unusual for memory care. Uh, but he didn't have any family. They'd all passed away. He'd never married. He was from Fort Worth, worked for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram a long time ago, and then went to Los Angeles and worked for the L.A. Times and covered the Watts riots. And he loved to read mystery books and stuff, you know, um, detective stories and stuff like that. Had a great conversation with him and stuff. I brought a little gift with me, uh, you know, a little uh, lap blanket and some um, hand lotion and tissues and things that they don't normally have access to uh, or they have to pay for themselves. So just it was just a really nice visit. And the, the nursing staff was just wonderful. They just kept saying when I get through with somebody, they say, oh, you need to go talk to this person. You need to go talk to this other person because it, it is a big problem, particularly in nursing homes. And, and did, did this have the kind of impact on you that you thought it would have? Yeah, more so, I think, because um, kind of go back to my grandmother again. I'm, I'm a, I, my hobby is genealogy, hmm. you know, and uh, that's what I spend all my free time doing. And the things that I wanted and missed the most from my grandmother are the memories. She, I, I got my cousins, you know, all the girls, they got all the furniture, the china, all that stuff. I didn't care about that. I wanted the pictures and the books. I wanted the history because you lose history. I mean, my family immigrated here in the mid-1800s. They were German, and nobody in my family speaks German anymore. It's just, you, I mean, that stuff just goes away. It's lost. It's part of the assimilation thing. And then the history goes away. You, you look at a photograph, and you go, like, I maybe know one or two people in here, but I don't know the other 18 that are in the photograph. Where is that? And so we lose our family history. And so it's important that you reconnect. And that's one of the things, you know, one of the activities I think that you can do for Silver Sunday is to involve your family, to connect children uh, and grandchildren with the elderly. And you ask, you go in and you, you, you set up a little meeting with your family before you go out and say, here's the things we're going to talk about. We're going to be sensitive to the emotions of the person we're visiting. If we touch on something that's a little upsetting to them, we back off of it. And we give them a series of kind of questions they can ask, like, where were you born? How many brothers and sisters did you have? Where'd you grow up? What was your first job? Were you married? What was your husband's name? Do you have any kids? That kind of stuff. And just kind of some general questions to figure out a little bit more about who that person was. Because they're, they all have a story to tell. Like you said, they might even have multiple stories to tell. Um, first job is a good question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to steal that. That's a great question to ask really anybody, but that's a good one. I like that. And then once you've visited with them, then the family needs to go back home and have, you know, a little ice cream party or something and talk about what they learned and talk about what it means and hopefully give the grandchildren, the young children, a chance to, to understand their, the experience they just had with that senior citizen and know that they're not scary because they're wrinkly or they're hunched over or can't walk very well, that they really have wonderful stories to tell. Have you noticed that kids are wanting to do things like this more? Is it hard to get kids in there? Uh, no, not not really hard. It's just if typically if, if the parents are involved in it, they get their kids involved in it, and, and they're pretty open to it. We uh, want to encourage churches to do this. I mean, churches all have large senior communities that are members of the church, and one of our ideas is just have have the youth group put together an ice cream or hot chocolate, depending on how hot or warm it is in Texas. You never know in, at Thanksgiving. Day by day. Day by day. And just at church after, you know, the meeting, just have a little social where the youth serve the seniors, you know, and you can put a little program together. Maybe they can sing some songs or do some talents or something for them to entertain the seniors. 
and maybe just have like a little panel discussion and and invite a couple of seniors up and and ask them some of these questions we talked about so that you can get to know people better. At this point, this is, as you've mentioned, the third year of Silver Sunday, it seems very open as to what this can be. It doesn't seem like there's any real specific, this is what you do on Silver Sunday. It seems very open. Was that something that you did on purpose? Yeah, it does. I mean, we have, um, first of all, it doesn't have to be the Sunday after Thanksgiving. That's just the hook to get I think that's actually about a good it. point to make. It could be any you time you could do it you're any able day to. that you want. Sure. Could be Silver Sunday. And it doesn't even have to be Sunday. It could be Silver Monday, Silver Tuesday, I don't care. But uh the whole idea is just to get people to start thinking about our senior community and particularly those that are extremely vulnerable and and to reach out to them and let them know that that people are thinking about them, they care about them, that they love them and so that you know, bring a little smile to their face. That's the whole purpose. And and there there's nothing really formalized as far as we don't have you go sign up and, and uh, you're a volunteer now and now we'll find you somebody to go visit. We want it to be more organic than that. Just look in your neighborhood. You mentioned earlier that you had a, a lady that mows the yard and stuff like that. Exactly. You know, I, I think you mentioned you had children. Uh, one, one day when she's out mowing the yard, take the kids by and see if they can, you know, rake up something or, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it, it could be that simple. The funny thing was is that when I saw her doing the lawn, I thought, I should help her. And then I realized it was like, no, 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 you shouldn't help her. Like, this is her thing. Like, you should just let her do it. it is. So we just said hello. But that is what you're saying is exactly the way that it should be. Well, just take her lemonade or something, you know. She'd like that. Very smart, very smart. Mike Herlinger is the founder of Silver Sunday. It's the third year of this event happening November 25th. You had this idea for Silver Sunday. You did the first one by yourself, but now you're in the process of really making this something involving organizations. When did you decide to actually grow Silver Sunday? The first day that we did it. Uh, I mean, we're, we've got a few hurdles that we're trying to get past, but um, being a realtor, pro- I approached... Um, National Association of Realtors. They have a designation for real estate agents that want to get specialty. Let's actually, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your professional life because it directly relates to what we're talking about here. So you are in real estate, and what exactly do you do? I'm the business development manager for Century 21 Mike Bowman. Okay. And we're the number one Century 21 office in Texas. Very nice. And we've been the number one office in the Century 21 system 18 times in the last 22 years. Within that, you said that you worked directly with seniors? Yeah. Uh, five years ago, we were looking at opportunities where we might be able to do something for the community as well as use our skills as real estate agents. And we created a uh, senior division, senior living division for our, our brokerage. And what that entails is we have about, I have about 20 to 30 agents. We have 250 agents total in the office. About 20 to 30 of them have gone on and gotten extra specialization and training in working with seniors because seniors communicate different than the rest of us. I mean, they don't use email that much. They do use cell phones. My mom uses a cell phone, but I don't think she knows how to use it. She has one. Um, but, you know, they like uh, they like face-to-face meetings. They like handshakes, and, and they like written letters and not email so much. So there's just extra training that you have to go through in order to communicate efficiently. And you look at most of the seniors. It's an interesting fact. 25% of every real estate transaction for the last five years uh, that has taken place in the United States has involved somebody 65 or older. 25%. Mm-hmm. If you take that number down to 55, it's 6 out of 10. It's 60%. Really? I mean, we've got, and I was telling Allison before, I mean, I, I read a stat. By 2060, there's going to be 100 million people. 65 and older in the country. 
in right, our country. In our country. And so there's, a, there's about 50 million right now. So it's going to double in the next 40 years. I hope to be here. Probably won't. But uh, it would be nice if I was. But it, it's a growing problem. Um, we have, and I think we just recently that we have more senior citizens than we have people under the age of 18. It's the first time it's ever happened in the country. Wow. So, what real estate services do seniors usually need or are they a part of? Is it they, they're, they're not able to do what we're really talking about here and st- as, stay independent and able to keep mm-hmm. track of a home and they move out? Or is it, what services are you guys providing them nor- in general? Well, that, that's a good question because 86% of seniors want to live at what they do call age in place. They want to live at home, which is fine. Uh, but 46% have to move from their home either because of health event or the death of a loved one, and they can't be on their own anymore. So 70% of the private wealth in America is held in the equity of people's homes. And if you look at a senior's private wealth, their wealth is tied up in, in their home. Usually their house is paid off. And so if they're going to go to a retirement community, assisted or independent living or whatever, they have to pay for it, and those are expensive. So the only cash they have that's really accessible to them, to most of them, is, is the equity that they have in their house. So what we do is we help assist them with that transition of, uh, of selling their home so they can have the monies they need then to move into some kind of retirement living where they can get the care uh, that, that they might need for their particular situation. So our agents have received special education and training on how to deal with seniors, seniors because, like I mentioned, we, they, they communicate differently. Hmm. Uh, most of the people we work with are, are ladies, you know, widows. Um, they've lived in the house 30, 40, 50 years. It's all tied up in their memories, and it's got everything from when they were first moved into the house. It's still in the house. They raise kids. Uh, and because of generational things, they probably weren't involved in the purchase of the home. They maybe said this is a you know, yes or no to it, but the husband was the one that handled the transaction. So they don't know what's going on. They don't know the value of the home. They don't know the payoff. And there's people out there that take advantage of seniors because of their lack of knowledge, and we just try to protect them. And we, uh, we have a little thing. We say, you know, your, your real estate tr- transaction should leave you overjoyed, not overwhelmed. So your professional life and your personal life, they're intersecting here on, on Silver Sunday. It's this is nice. exactly why you're doing this. It makes a lot more sense knowing both of those facts. So going back to what we were mentioning, you wanted to get other people involved with this. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot through business connections and the people that you've probably met you know, like Mid-Cities Care Corps, mm-hmm. in, a, in a professional way. So you started getting other people involved, and this started growing. Was everybody receptive to it the way you thought they would be? Oh, everybody loves the idea, but getting them to do something about it is something else. So, right. Uh, so, but we've had the help of, uh, you know, Allison and Dwayne uh, Book, her, um, the president of Mid-City Care Corps, and like I said, Tarrant County United Way is real involved in it, and so is uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield in North Texas. That gives us some... Gravitas as far as what we're doing, um, and we're, it's just word of mouth. We're, we're getting churches involved. Churches love it. We're just reaching out to anybody and everybody that, that shows an interest and then encourage them. Is it picking that. up the way that you, you thought it would? This is the third oh, year, yeah. so this is a, a perfect time to kind of start assessing how, how it's going. What do you think? Well, last the first year was just me. Last year we had 20 people went out and visited. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, and then this year, I think we're on tar- target to have anywhere between 40 and 50 people go out. That's great. So it's just growing. In fact, I even had a brokerage uh, in Ohio heard about it, and uh, they were trying to do what 
with their real estate company, what we've done with ours as far as the senior thing. And uh, they asked how it could help and how, how he could help me. And I said, well, we got this thing called Silver Sunday. So they're doing Silver Sunday in Columbus, Ohio this year, too. So are, it's, are it's growing. Growing out of the state. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend people do for their first Silver Sunday? Do you have an idea? Do you have a good recommendation for how people can celebrate this day for the first time? Well, two, two things. One, don't go alone. Take someone with you. We don't want anybody to be at risk. Uh, don't want somebody to go in and take use this to take advantage of, of a senior, um, that some, do something they shouldn't do. Uh, the other thing you should do is schedule it. Mm. They don't like people showing up on the door. You said that was the big mistake that you made your first one, correct? Yeah, I didn't schedule far enough in advance. I didn't decide to do it until last minute, and I should have done more preparation. So I was scrambling, trying to find somebody to go visit. It um, Fortunately, I met some people that were receptive. They thought it was a great idea, and they let me do it. I was really appreciative of that. So, Who have you gotten involved in your personal life in this? Is your wife uh, a part of Silver Sunday now? or like Who, who, got, have, you, who have you drawn into the my fold? My brothers in Idaho and my brother in Missouri— my mom, not so much, because <laughs> she says they have a thing at her church where they go and visit an, a, a lady that might be alone and stuff. And they have a group of women that go once a month, and they bring a meal over, and then they clean up the kitchen and everything afterwards. So she's kind of already doing it, which is great. Uh, but, yeah, I'm getting—and um, mostly I've been reaching out to my friends and my networking group, like Allison and stuff, and saying this is, I think, something we ought to look at. And they are, they're all jumping on board and helping out, so— do you have a grand vision for what you want Silver Sunday to be? That's a good question. Um, grand vision, it'd be nice if it could be a nationally recognized day, but I would just settle with having five or ten new people go out and visit somebody that needed a visit. The visit's more important than than the size or scope of what I'm trying to do. I really don't care about that. It's just it's the outreach. It's affecting somebody's life in a positive way is what's important. And it's not that big of a deal you're not really having to do much when you think about it find someone spend some time with them it's not all day it's not a week spend some time with them have a conversation have a chat maybe share a meal something simple like that Mm -hmm. it goes a long way just look down your neighborhood street and then get up and go walk down there and visit them that work off some of your thanksgiving that you had and uh you know you can do it between football games so it'd be fine and and just go out and make somebody's life a little better today you're, you're all the better. My mother always used to tell me when you serve other people, you're serving yourself. It seems like that was a big part of, of you. Has service always been a part of your family or a part of your life? Always has been, yeah. Is it something that you noticed really growing up? Well, like I said to you when we first spoke, my parents raised four, raised four boys. And <laughs> right. So uh, I was the oldest, and it was, um, I think they focused on service a lot because that was a way to kind of keep us under control, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But yeah, I've, we've always been involved doing stuff for other people. And maybe it, it's something important that, that parents should really think about when they're trying to instill certain values in their kids. Is Silver Sunday a family pursuit to you? From a from a participation standpoint? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I think families are the greatest unit to go out and visit. Because it's so learning. My, my wife and I went to the movies a couple years ago, and we got there. The movie was sold out. And so we went to the restaurant next door. So we came out of the restaurant to go to the next showing of the movie. There was a pack of about 15 kids, teenagers, coming out of the mall. And you know what they were doing? They were all on their cell phones. Nobody was talking to anybody in that group. They were all probably just texting each other of what they wanted to do. And that, that's a problem with technology today is 
there's no communication one-to-one people that's verbal, eye-to-eye kind of a thing. It's all electronic. And we're losing that connectivity. And that's all we want to do is just try to reconnect generations because you lose that that connectivity, then you lose the memory. When you lose the memory, you lose the history. And then it's really hard to figure out where you're going if you don't know where you've been. I had a couple of losses on my father's side of the family, and we realized whole generation. My parents are now, they're going to hate me saying this, they're the oldest ones in the family now. So there is always a time, and you may not even notice it when it's happening, but that access to information, familial information, is just gone. You don't have that anymore. So I think that making the connections you're talking about and also the genealogy that that you're interested in is important, and it's something that should not be overlooked. Have you been able to find a lot of information about your family through your work with genealogy? Oh, I have, and people in my office hate it because I have a really large database, personal database. I've got 50,000, 60,000 people in it. Um, in my genealogy, and I, I will check anybody in the office. 50, 60,000 people in your genealogy database? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you? Well, I, I was fortunate. My grandma, my paternal grandmother's family came from Quakers, and they kept really good records. Oh, yeah. And then you go find somebody that knows, that ties into a line, and then boom, all of a sudden you've got all the work that somebody else has done. Um, but I, I love to get people in my office and get a name of a deceased relative of theirs to see if I'm related. And I've found about five or seven cousins. <laughs> In my office. Really? So, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. It, it goes back to about the you know, 1600s, 1500s. It's not, they're not close, but they're closer than Noah. So, um, so 15 just, or 1600s? Well, no, I'm just saying the, the year, 15 or 1600s. Well, that's what I'm saying yeah. is that like you're able to actually yeah, find... It's 10 to 15 generations I can go back and wow. show, then show a, a common set of grandparents that we, we sprang from. That's crazy. And you yeah. said your family was German. Did you find anything else in there? Not a whole lot because of the time frame that they came out. And I don't speak German, so it's really hard to read the church records and stuff. But uh, sometimes you just people just drop off and you never figure out who their parents were and stuff. But I was able to go back fairly far. I've, I've, I've got genealogy that goes back into the 900s. But Wow. Uh, you don't think about those being real numbers or actually having family you, that you goes really back don't. that far. That's really—that's awesome. That's fat. We should— I. I might have to have you come back on, and we'll just tell people how to. Well, we'll teach people how to do genealogy. Uh, uh, we might work. be cousins. Let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> we might be. Uh, I'm sure you're going to look that up. Um, all right, so Silver Sunday, November 25th, it's on the way. How can people get involved with this? What's the easiest way for them to be a part of Silver Sunday? Go to our website, and it has um, activities that you can do. Tells you how to, you know, what you need to do. And, and how different ways you can participate, either as a group or by yourself or as a family or as a company or a church. Or you can go to our Facebook page, which is, uh, I think, Silver Sunday America. The website, once again, silversundayproject.com. I've been speaking with the founder of Silver Sunday, Mike Herlinger. Do your homework before November 25th so you can find someone to spend time with on Silver Sunday. It was great speaking with you. I hope you come back. And good luck with Silver Sunday. Well, thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.